ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into another edition of the Apples to Apples podcast. As always, I am one of your three co-hosts, Drew Applebaum, coming to you live from the Macintosh Studios here in New York, New York. Thank you for tuning in to all of you out in the orchard. We have a, uh, a very special announcement, but I'm going to save that for later. But before I let you know what that is, I got to tell you, as always, you can find us on anchor.fm slash apples-2-apples. From there, you'll have access to all of your favorite streaming services that you get on your phone, on your laptop, wherever you feel like listening. You'll follow, like, subscribe, whatever you do on every one of those ser- streaming services. And every single week when we have a show, it'll get sent right to you and you won't have to worry about coming to find us. Or or if you don't like any of those, you can find us on the Pod MN app, which is full of awesome Minnesota podcasts about sports, food, uh, lifestyle, everything Snow. in between. And then, what? Snow. Well, snows I think implied cold in all weather. The Minnesota podcast. Have you had like a really weird warm streak out there? By by the way, I think it was it was cold here right before we went away. It was pretty cold, and then uh, while we were gone, it was kind of cold too. But since the last week or so has been mild, wasn't like this the, last the weekend. Baltimore was like, was like sixty summer. Yeah, it was weird. I was in Philly the last weekend or this past weekend. Oh. It was sixty five on Saturday for sure. It's warmer than here. Yeah, or Sunday was 65. Sunday. Saturday was 60-ish. I mean, it was warm enough that in the middle of the day, we were outside, like at a bar. Gotcha. So, okay, uh, well, there's your... Where was I? Pod MN app. Like I said, anchor.fm slash apples-2-apples, the Pod MN app. Go download that. Or, like I said, we're on all of your favorite streaming services. Search us, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everything in between. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and ask us any questions, send us any thoughts, whatever you want us to say. Or talk about on the air, you can send that to at apples to apples PC on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook, apples to apples. You can send us a message there as well. I actually just learned the other day. I always kind of assumed, but no one ever did it. So you can also follow me on Twitter at dapple thirteen twelve, Sam on Twitter at s applebaum eleven, or my dad tweets from our Twitter, so you can get him there as well and tweet any of us and send us any questions to any of those and. Uh, and you can we'll, we'll read them on air and we'll talk about them on air. Or just if you have anything in general you want to throw out there. It doesn't have to be a question, just a topic of conversation. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Uh, but with that, I'm going to wrap up my intro and I'm going to send it to the Honeycrisp Studios uh, in Mendota Heights, Minnesota. And the, Grant, is it the Granny Smith Studios? Yeah, you're correct. Uh, in Santa Clara, yes. California. Uh, home of your victorious San Francisco 49ers, which we will obviously get to and, shortly. Uh, excuse me, but a huge basketball win for the Broncos over the weekend. I watched part of it. After a big loss, so it was much needed. Okay, continue. Sorry. Well, I'm done. I'm, I'm throwing it to oh, you, too. But, Dad, so I think you have something special you need to get out of the A couple things. So today's show, the return of KDZ. Long-awaited return. We also have. Uh, well, I'll keep that to the side for a second. We got to talk. I guess we. Well, we're, we never really wrap up the Vikings because then we're going to talk about new coaches and new players and drafts and all that stuff. But we'll kind of go over the, what went on on Saturday. Not that too many people were probably surprised. Um, we'll talk some NFL football because there were some weird things that have been happening, especially over the weekend. Uh, we do have a huge football game, believe it or not. They are still playing tonight or six weeks ago, depending on when you're listening. But we'll we'll dabble in that, I think, a little bit. Uh, wild, well, maybe a little, but we'll have plenty of time for them down the road. Timberwolves, a little bit. They got some. I, they're just so weird. I can't even figure them out. Ah, uh, go for basketball, big win. 
We'll talk about that a tad. Um, did I, before I get to our announcement, is there something else we should? Well, we always got to get a very, very, very quick update about Georgetown basketball and Bronco basketball. I sort of, a spoiler, gave a little bit of that that part of it. Because Drew actually took the took the show on the road and went and watched him at Nova. And uh, we'll find out how that went. Um, and I think... Uh, Sports-wise, that might be about it. But we have a huge announcement, an announcement that's going to change the landscape of Apples to Apples forever. It's a very exciting announcement. And that announcement will be made next week on this very show. So tune in next week because we have a huge announcement. It's like when you're watching – wrestling and it's like I know, that's so cool. they hype the match like for like five minutes and then they're like i know and they'll face off next week writing right. it raw now i do there's going to be lots of speculation i don't even it. know what it is so i, I okay. i'm well, i was I, hoping i want to let it out of the bag today we got a lot but. to talk about but i want to make it very clear because there's going to be a ton of speculation and i just want to clear this up no drew is not being fired and replaced by one of Sam's roommates. That Drew does own 2.5% of the company and, <laughs> unless he's arrested, cannot get fired. So, no, even I, – I, just I don't want too much speculation two, over the week. But 2.5 was more than I thought I had. That, well, oh, I shouldn't have said that then. Sam, sorry. But he well, does yeah, own 2.5. How much do I have then? One? No, way more. No, come on. So, uh, uh – <laughs> And but it's also in his, a clause in his contract unless he's arrested. Oh, speaking of which, we have to talk about the Houston Astros in a second too. Wow. But um, I don't know why I just thought of that when I said arrested because no one got arrested. No one got arrested. But yeah, people got a little fired. Extreme, but, but people got fired. Uh, so we have a huge announcement. Happened. But I, like I said, it's an exciting announcement. So stay tuned next week for that. All right, let's uh, go to. The Vikings. Um, I, I, here's my thing, and I'm really I'm done with it. Over it, it's fine. We always have that. What can we? So one stat since 19 what 83 or 87, we've never won. We haven't won two playoff games in the same year. Not good, especially if you want to advance far. Two. <laughs> that seems like a crucial yeah, thing you have to be able to do is win more than one. Up. But maybe I maybe not. I, I no, who knows. But number two. Probably 90% of those games, the follow-up game, we've gotten absolutely embarrassed and crushed. And that's just has to stop for so many reasons. I don't know. Do you want to analyze where we went wrong? Do you want to talk about the future? Do you want to say that this wasn't that bad of a season? I don't know. Where, where do you, we, I'm here to help you guys. You, you guys tell me which, which direction you want to go. I, th- I think the future is, with especially what's played out today, or yesterday and today, I should say, with the coaching staff, the future is probably something we should talk about more. But yeah. I think you'd be remiss, and we, it'd be poor journalism if we didn't talk about the game itself. But That's never stopped almost, us before, but go ahead. You're, that's what? true. I said that's never poor journalism. Is oh, never yeah. Stopped. Well, this is all Gotten poor our journalism. Way before. This, is an hour, this is an hour of poor journalism. Although now that but, Sam's come aboard, I do feel our show's a little tighter and uh, more accurate, but... I mean, it's because it's less you talking, but whatever. Well, I just keep anyway. the middle ground and keep you two on track. Correct. You guys provide most of the content. I just, I'm just here to babysit you guys. Fair. Someone has to. Anyway, I mean, it's it's a weird it's a weird game to talk about because there it there what there's no you know normally we sit here and we we try and 
point fingers and give blame and because that's where you can then deep dive and say that's the guy that could have done better. That's where we could have done better. And if we did that better, we would have won. This was just like, A, I think they're just the better team. Like, just get out ahead of that. They should be, but I get it. No, but I think if you actually look at their roster, for the most part, they're they're better at almost every spot at the on the ball, except for maybe the skill positions. And, and, yeah, and maybe at the linebackers okay. specifically, but the, the front seven in general, they have us. Yeah, so uh, even offensively, we, okay, so good point. Wherever you stand there, they're equal to us, if not better. But okay. I think, too... It, it, there's no one really where you looked and it was like, wow, that guy could have just played better. It, it was sort of a full, I don't want to say collapse because that it wasn't so awful. I mean, the defense I actually thought played pretty well, um, considering how much San Francisco had the ball. But when you're facing a team at home, I, I think San Francisco felt like they had something to prove. People hadn't taken them super seriously uh, year or not year in and year out, week in and week out. And they're coming off, you know, two weeks of rest. They have you at home. They have all the momentum. And you're coming off an emotional win in overtime on the road. It's tough to start. And then they just had a good game plan. And I think we, you, it's people aren't are saying they're not going to miss Stefanski because of one bad game. I still think he's going to be very successful. I don't know if he's – the head coach thing is interesting. I think he's going to be a very good offensive play caller. That was his first year. And I don't think anything he was going to call in this game was going to work because – we were Kirk was under pressure almost on 50% of his dropbacks. And when he wasn't, he was scared that he was going to be rightfully so and didn't, and didn't look down the field. When you look at what they can do defensively because their front seven or their front four specifically is so good, they can drop six, seven guys back in coverage every play and still generate serious pressure. Or on the other side of the ball, we can do that sometimes, but with how poorly our offensive line played this week after a very good game against new Orleans, was a bit of a letdown. Cook, you know, partially on the offensive line, partially maybe on him, could never get anything going. We have one or two drops here and there. Again, I don't think we've played that bad defensively, but the, and then of course, on top of it all, you're like, all right, well, this is a drive right here where we got to, you know, we made a stop, we got to get some progress, do something offensively here, we muffed the punt. And then when that happens, you're like, you know what, that's over. You can't hand a team like this an extra possession like that when, when you're already fighting back. So it, it's it's hard to look at one specific thing I think there are very few people that that very few players, and I think in some respects, some coaches that didn't do their job fully in the game that led to what it was. And you know, I I don't you know we can talk about the future in a sec, but I, there's not much more to really add, at least from my mind, to that game. We tried a lot of different things, none of it worked. The offensive line was getting dominated all game. Jimmy G went right down the field on us, passing the ball for his possession. Zimmer made an adjustment. We had a couple stops. Eventually, your defense gets tired, and they're going to run the ball right over you because you're on the field for 90% of the game. So it, it it was an uphill battle to start when you consider all the logistics working against them, the short week, you got to travel two time zones. But I think at the end of the day, they just executed better, and that happens sometimes. It sucks, to your point, that happens in the playoffs, and it seems to happen an awful lot. Yeah, I mean, it came down to going into the game what we needed to do, it was Jimmy G's first playoff game, and we needed to stop the run like we have done all year and then force Jimmy G to make plays and rattle him like our defensive four can, our pass rushers can with Griffin and uh, Hunter. And it came down to it, Garoppolo had one good drive, but besides that, he didn't play that well. He had a couple lucky duck throws that ended up being catches, and 
But the real, they're today two backs who rushed for over 150 yards and almost five yards of carry, which if they do that, that's unacceptable. We're not going to win. But our defense was stopped the run pretty much all year. Any running back that came down to us, except maybe Aaron Jones. And if they're if that San Francisco Bernard is going to average five yards of carry, there's no way we're going to win that game. The defense played pretty well. They forced two turnovers, interception, and a fumble. Um, so you can't really blame it on them. But again, it, like you said, Drew, it's really hard for the offense to, or the defense to continue getting stops when the offenses can't get a first down and, and the defense is on the field the entire time. And to your point though, a lot of what you, a lot of what you just said about five yards of carry and those running backs getting after us, it really happened on two drives and, you, and one was after a three and out and the other was after an interception. So momentum, they used momentum to their advantage. They used a tired defense to their advantage and not just a tired defense in the scheme of the game, but again, coming off of a short week on the road, a lot of things working against you. Um, and I, I really think at the end of the day, you know, it, they're they're just as good, if not better, of a team that was coming off of an extra week of rest, you know, with a little bit to prove. And, and it, it was going to take a miracle game from a lot of people. And, you know, Kirk wasn't perfect. I think he was okay. I think he missed some shots down the field when he had the opportunity, but... He was also pressured play after play after play, so it's hard to to totally blame him. Uh, not that there's not some blame to get given to him, and but I also think Stefanski. I think he tried different things. It just like it well, wasn't working because they game planned for it well, I, and you never the know. The screen pass certainly wasn't going to work. Jeez. But they only they ran it, you know, three or four screens. You're not gonna you, you're you know you so, try different versions. You run one to the tight end. You run one to the running back. You. Do you, you run variations, seeing what's going to work, and it was just clear that there wasn't much that was going to work because a they were ready for it, or b Kirk was under pressure, and there were shots that he could have taken that I think he missed. I, I I'm not, you know, I don't grime the tape or anything, but I'm there's no gonna... way that there wasn't guys running open, and, and that Stefanski drew up a good play and didn't execute it. So, <laughs> so it, it, it's it's hard to pin it to one person, I guess is all I'm trying to say. They were just so, better. So the future. Um, Zimmer said it's a young man's game. Well, he's not young. I'll leave it at that. Here's the only here's defensively. This is and all. If I it's think. a young man's game, why are they working on a 41 year old cornerback to play for him in the? I know. Round? It's here's the only here's what I bring back. And I think our offense is solid, and we need to get a couple fat guys for the offensive line, and I think yep. we'll be okay. And I think we can I, do that. And I, not I think, worried about anyone on the offense, including Cousins, for one more year. Let's see what he got. And if I can make one comment about the offensive line, I think, you know, from center, the, the right half, including the center, is actually in, in good shape. O- O'Neal went down on a cheap, yeah, cheap shot from shot. Bosa, which hurts. He's probably our best offense. Not probably. He's definitely our best offensive lineman. Credit to the uh, credit to the, the, the front office for signing Klein in the offseason. I think he was stable. He's not, you know, a, all pro, but he was he was good. And Bradbury is only going to get better as a rookie. It's the left side you need to work on. And. Reef is serviceable, but he's got a big cap hit. So, you know, it's kind of what can we do with him? And I think whether you have – there was a, a rookie that played in the Chicago game, Drew, Drew Samia, that's D-R-U, at D-R-A-W, who I was impressed with. And he was a mid-round pick coming out of Oklahoma. And a lot of people had decent grades on him. So, you know, maybe if he develops in the offseason, that's a solution at guard. Or you go get somebody and you kick Reef. There's things you can do. But to your point, Dad – I don't think the offensive line is that far away. No, I don't either. You just had one rookie, one liability right up the middle, right next to each other, and that's that's enough. So there's here's, adjustments um, to be made, but it's not that far away. Here's 
I personally think Zimmer is an average coach. I'm not even saying to fire him. I don't know that there's anyone better, so I'm fine if they keep him. I personally think the defense is 100% our issue. And the offensive line, as we talked about. Here's the here's what I would bring back. I would bring back Howard. I'd bring back a couple of the fat guys mm-hmm. in the middle. What's the guy? Daniel Hunter. Sorry. Hunter. I'd get How- That Howard guy is good, too. Dwight Howard is playing basketball these days. He, should, he would be sweet at the defensive line. But anyways, I'd bring back Hunter. Couple of the fat guys in the middle, and goodbye Griffin. If then, you can get Griffin at a discount, I, I think well, he's worthwhile. Well, I mean, he's got to be. Griffin said play. he wants to play here forever, so I bet we can get him for pretty cheap. Okay, if he'll take a, a pay cut, which is the only way he'd come back, I think he's a good. I think he's still okay. can play, yeah. but not. Yeah, they can't get rid of everybody because they can't. And then this is what I would do at linebacker. You're gonna think I'm crazy, but I don't care. Uh, you got Barr. You got uh, Hendricks, Kendricks, who's by far the only guy that had a good game and has carried us defensively. Kittle only and, had 16 yards with him covering for much of it. And I would take Harrison Smith and turn him into a linebacker. He absolutely, positively cannot cover anyone. He doesn't play safety well, well anymore. It, he just doesn't do it Harrison well. Smith and Anthony Harris were number one and two for pro football focus ratings and coverage so and I, then they're then they i don't know what they're watching because they because i just no, don't Harris, think there's that many safeties that are really good cover guys well, i just don't I, think Smith that that's a thing that. and i also My don't opinion. think i think i think if zimmer had his way and the secondary played better over the course of the year harrison smith wouldn't have been in coverage very often well, because whatever. to your point well, and the, yeah, and better the problem use was we had four, three, four cornerbacks, defensive backs injured yeah. that game, and Here our defense hurt. was not yeah. the defense it was at the beginning of the year. They suck anyways. But, yeah, okay, that's fine. So then maybe if we your, can your figure points, out, I mean, I think it's a I fair point. I don't think point. he can cover anyone, but, but, God, but no one's going to get by him. A, a, a tight end he can cover from up close, and he can certainly cover running back, and defensively uh, against the run, he's unbelievable. But that's fine. We can. But what but, I'm saying is if – if we there upgrade our cornerbacks, Harrison Smith won't have to cover as much as he was covering, but he was put into coverage because of so many guys are bad well, and injured. Listen, we can keep having these conversations. It, the same stuff keeps happening. You're never going to avoid it, so I get your, your point, the Dad. Point is you, is need to, you need to have another option at safety if, to take some of that coverage responsibilities from him and let him play in the box. Your point, I, I totally get your point. Okay. So to do that, you have to go get somebody. I wasn't that, done that's yet. better. I know. I'm just agreeing. I understand with that. they can't get rid of every defensive back. Personally, I think they're all horrible. I don't care about Wayne's. I well, can't they, they fire the coach. They're working on. They're working their way there. You know, oh, these guys are so bad. They drafted so bad. Now Rhodes, they cannot give him one more cent. I don't care if he pays them. He has to go now. End of story. And I, if he goes to Dallas or someone and plays great, oh well. But he's not doing it for us. He's killing us. He's got to go. Wayne, you know, Alexander was playing well. I don't know. Uh, Hughes had a horrible year when he wasn't hurt. Wayne's is just no one talks about how bad he is because everyone else is worse. If they don't address that game over, they they won't make the playoffs next year. They will never get better. You look at some of these teams that are still in the playoffs. Their defense is so much faster than ours. And I understand what we did against uh, New Orleans. But, you know, I understand all these alleged stats the bottom line is in these big games they do nothing and they haven't done anything for a few years now and that's the proof they don't advance it's got to be something so i don't want to hear well they know they were fifth it doesn't matter what they were they don't win these games and it comes down to their defense too again if you watch some of those and i'm not talking about the kansas city or houston defense because we'll talk about that but that was wacky so are they that far off no 
Are they going to get a draft pick that's going to help? No, unless it's an offensive lineman. So I don't. Do they have much money to spend? Probably not. So I, it's going to be very interesting. It, I, you know, it's weird though because it it's weird because if you really look at, they have a lot of decisions to make. A lot of them in the secondary, which was sort of your weak point. So yes. you kind of think to yourself, well, you know what they do. We're going to get to the offensive coordinator job in a second. But the offense, if you can make one addition, one positive addition on the offensive line, whether it's at left tackle, left guard, yep. and you can move some guys around, you're you're in probably better shape than you were last year. You really are. You look at the defensive side of the ball, you're going to return basically your front four and the rotational guys behind them. I don't think any of those guys are really up for, for danger of contracts. You do have to re-sign Harris, which I think is, is – I, I think that's your number one free agent priority is re-signing Anthony Harris, in my opinion. Yeah, no, he was – But so. beyond that – you know, you, you try to re-sign Alexander. If you don't re-sign Waynes or Rhodes, you, first off, you should re-sign Rhodes. You can't re-sign Wades, Wades, Waynes at an affordable price and what you believe he's worth, which I don't think is a ton, but he's he is a probably a starting corner in the NFL. Not a shutdown guy, mm. but he's a starter. You know, you're kind of looking almost at addition by subtraction because if you can get Hughes in offseason where he's health, healthy-ish, can work out, really get into things. You get another offseason of Holton Hill development. Hopefully he can not get suspended for a fourth time. And if you, you know, maybe that's where you can use a draft pick there, depending on what you do on the offensive line and free agency. Your secondary might actually be better, even though you're losing who you think are your top one, two, three, or some combination of those guys. But you have to re-sign Anthony Harris, in my opinion, because if you don't, then you really have to have Harrison Smith cover people because who I don't know who is behind him you know, at, at, at free safety to really work in coverage. But I think it's it's weird to think how many guys we have that are up for free agency and with four coaches leaving so far, I actually think we're almost in better shape than we were last offseason, which is crazy to say. I, I get that. But well, looking at how people have played and who's probably on their way out, you know, personnel decisions pending, and, you know, maybe you're actually better off next year. Like, if you roll into next year with your starting cornerbacks, if you assume you have three being Hughes, Waynes, and Alexander, or Hughes and Alexander and a rookie, like that's just as good, if not better, than how Rhodes and Waynes and you know whoever else they put in this year played with Holton Sam, Hill now in his third year. So, I've got a question for Sam, who's a major shareholder in the company. Um, what has this group won over the last couple of years? This group of players? No, they're not as yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I'm sorry, I thought I said Sam, a large shareholder in the company. Uh, they've won a couple big games against the Saints, but uh, nothing of importance to the, okay, so the fan base. When push comes to shove, I don't care who comes and stays and goes. I mean, we we got this is but or I, we're just gonna have the same conversations. Every the thing year. the thing I'm interested in Go though ahead, is this off season will deter the GM and the owner will determine. Probably their their future. Well, not the owner because he's the in charge of. But the GM this offseason is going to determine like their future of the team because you're going to take a look at it. Look the wild offseason last year. They have all these. They have these players that they signed to max deals and big contracts and like the Vikings have now. And are they going to sit around and sign one guy, or are they going to make some moves like the Twins organization did a, a couple years ago, and get value pieces that are good, like Drew said, we're subtracting these guys. We don't have a ton of money, so we're going to need to get a few guys for value, and we're going to need to find some diamonds, not diamonds in the rough, but some guys 
that maybe aren't as make, making as much money, but who can still contribute to the team and fit our scheme. I guess especially that's... an offense lineman and a good defensive back. So we have a lot of good pieces, a lot of good players at the, a lot of good positional players, but we still need a few pieces and. We can't just go and sign one big guy and it's going to change the entire thing. We need a few guys, maybe a couple defensive backs or a linebacker if one of them, if one of them goes, um, or a couple offensive linemen. So it's just going to determine are we going to sign the right guys or not. Sam's got a good point, because a lot, and then we're going to move on. But a lot of the teams left in the playoffs uh, have really good young guys that have performed, whether it's that they got in the draft wherever in the draft or and we drafted like six cornerbacks in the past five years one of them has to work out when we draft yeah, they just don't. You might as well just keep going one of them has well to that's be. what they probably they fired the defensive backs coach they're like dude you haven't well, turned any of these guys in anything worth anything zimmer's in charge the, one year yeah no it's true but zimmer's in charge of the i defense think i think what you just said though about chokes. i think what you just said about guys having teams having guys that are young being how being like a common producing. denominator because those guys are producing at, you know, starter to pro bowl to maybe even all pro levels on just chump change contracts because they're still rookies. And it's easy to look at this and say, and maybe Tennessee is the exception. Who who knows where that all came from? Maybe Vrabel's just maybe got he's a good coach. Yeah, exactly. He might be. He probably is. I would argue he clearly is because you look at that team. I can't name more than like four guys, and they're just. Like I, you almost expect them to win next week. Probably not, but whatever. Their cornerbacks aren't thirty yards off. It's I don't no, know. He's a, I, he's a very good coach. I guess my point is, it's a common denominator, and it's easy to just say like, well, you know, that's that's the difference. But you, it, so much goes into that, and a lot of times it's one or two bad years, and and or a little bit of luck, or you know, like you look at, and I, I hate to talk about our, our friends to the east, but the Packers, they sort of lucked into Aaron Rodgers. He fell all the way to them. They didn't right. really need him, but they went out on a limb and they took him. And now look at what they've been able to do. Same well, with the Chiefs and Mahomes. Look at the two guys taking ahead of him. Now, one is very good, but Trubisky's a joke, and he was a third quarterback taken. So it's he was um, taken ahead of Mahomes and Watson. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. So and and who, look who played Mahomes in that playoff game was Watson. So I think some of these uh, situations you have to luck into. You can create your own luck with good scouting and good drafting, but. That is that is a key to the whole thing is having guys produce on rookie contracts because then you can go out and make the big free agent splash. Um, Before we move on to the Packers, uh, the I think Packers. Kubiak, well, Kubiak or Kubiaks or one of the two will definitely be the offensive coordinator. I, don't, well, I, I, don't, I wanted to issue. ask you this. I want your opinion because, you know, I'm not going to deep dive what I think Stefanski no, is going to do for Cleveland because this isn't Cleveland radio. But I think he was good. He wasn't great. I think he was good. And I he's think he's got, only going to get back. Guess what, though? It's he's no picnic. What he, yeah, he's got yeah. a mess there, and I don't think oh, he's capable of dealing with those people. I, I continue, would probably continue. agree with you. I'm just talking about, you know, people are saying they're happy he's gone because we had one bad game offensively in a playoff game on the road. Yeah. He was he was going to help next year. He played scary. So now he, he left. You know you're probably on borrowed time with this offensive core and maybe even this probably this whole team in general. You kind of end up with like a, a catch-22 in a way where you think to yourself, okay, do I bring somebody win, from within who's maybe inexperienced calling plays, might be their first year as well, but keep consistency? Or do I go out and get a guy with experience, but risk that things are going to maybe be different and they're going to have to, you know, it's, people uh, are going to have to You can stop the speculation. Gary Kubiak will be, him or his son or both, will be the offense. It, it, it's not going any further than those two. And Kubiak's a proven 
Is guys, that what you so, would do then? That's my question. It, at this point, it's what I would do because we've had basically three three offensive coordinators. I, I haven't known a huge Stefanski was okay. He pl- I think he played that game scared and not very intelligently. Now I'm not going to totally blame him either, but I don't think it's the worst loss. I would have been fine if they kept him, but I think Kubiak. I just there's too much in place, and this whole thing could be over within a year. Because and and I'll say this, cousin, and then we need to move on. Cousins is making the money that he should make right now. He's what the seventh, eighth, ninth highest paid, and yep. that's probably what he deserves. I so the money that he's making is not crazy right and, now. And you have this huge bulk of quarterbacks like we were just talking about coming off rookie contracts that are going to make more. So at the end of next year, he's going to be twelfth or thirteenth or eleventh or whatever. You know, it, it's again, it's just how the quarterback. We've talked about it before. It's how the quarterback market works. So, so I so, think the other question I want to ask you. Yeah. Because now I got Sam, I, I want you to answer both these questions as well. Is do you take a quarterback in the you know late no. early ish to mid rounds to develop him? Not first round, but third, fourth, fifth round, a guy you think you can develop, or do you see what Kirk has this year and then maybe if he does well, extend him or just start from scratch the year after? How do you um, handle well, that, Sam? I want to know about your offensive coordinator plan. For your first, the offensive coordinator question. I think sign the little Kubiak because if you sign the little Kubiak, you're basically getting Gary Kubiak as a co-offense coordinator because obviously they're he's going to give his entire. Where I heard that somewhere. No, I know, I know. That's what you said, but I'm answering the question like Jurassic. Yeah. Oh, and nice, good answer. The, one thing under Zimmer's ten years, we've not had a consistency at the offensive coordinator spot, sure. and bringing it bringing a guy from the outside, it's basically going to start the offense over from scratch and I, we've done that totally for the past agree. four years each year and it's never worked at all so we gotta yeah. i mean keeping kubiak in he's basically he's offensive advisor to stefanski and basically running the offense too and for all we know kubiak could have been the reason our offense was good this year you never know uh so i'd, I'd keep it in system with the kubiaks um and then for the quarterback i mean you this quarterback class is very strong but i don't it's very top heavy it seems it seems like a lot of guys are going to go first second round there's probably six good candidates going first, second round. So I don't really know if there's going to be a guy available in the the mid to late rounds. So, I mean, it's just if someone falls, if a guy falls that is projected first, second round, I mean, you might as well. We don't really have a for sure backup either. Cousins goes down. so um, Or a young guy. Him next year. I think, I think Manny. I, I mean, I would be open to it, but I, just, I wouldn't go reaching. When there's we only one. In the rough at like a defensive back or um, – Offense lineman position because I don't I, care. I think the quarterback class is top heavy, but very good. I, I don't care what anyone tells me. There's only one quarterback in this draft worth taking that will play in the NFL, and that's Burrow. Maybe the guy from Oregon. This guy from Alabama, forget. He will not play ten games total in his NFL career. It will not happen. Mark my words. He's not going to stop getting hurt when he's playing with bigger, stronger, faster players. It's just not going to happen. He gets hurt. He had a flash-in-the-pan good year. Everyone can say everything they want about him. He's not worth taking. I get someone's going to take him. Uh, they'll take him on a flyer and stuff. He will be like RG3. If he plays 16 games, that's what's in an NFL season, right? Correct. Well, 17 weeks, shocked. 16 games. I will be shocked if he plays 16 games in his entire career. I, I will be shocked. Now, will he get drafted in the first round? Of course. Well, they throw him out there, of course. But like I said, I don't know why he's going to stop getting hurt against better players. I, I don't see it. But And I think he's 
a little bit overrated. Burrow seems to be the real deal, but he's going to go to Cincinnati. And that's well, another guy you can look at is Jake Fromm from Georgia. He seems like he'd be NFL-ready so in the pro yeah. arm. He didn't play that well in the big games with Georgia and the SEC, but he looks like a pro-ready quarterback arm. So that could be a guy I don't think he'll fall he, to mid-round, yeah, but that's he, could, he could turn out too. He's going to go probably late late first to somebody who's in a similar position to us, but maybe Personally, feels that. Say again? Well, next year I think we should fan for Tan. Fan for Tan? Like Tannehill? No. No, oh, no, no. Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Uh, fan for Tan. Tank for Tan? Tank, well, fan for Tan. Cause fan for Tan is really make a lot of, I don't know what fan, fan means. Fan, like fan on the season. Just a bad season. All right, speaking of that, we got to move on. We're on a time constraint because – this new thing that we might we, be announced. We're at 33 minutes. I think we're doing okay, actually. Okay, we're at 33 well, minutes of, of, of recording, of, which means we're even at less actual one of air the, time. Um, oh. One of the um, major shareholders in the company before the season predicted that the Green Bay Packers would win the Super Bowl. Now, if I recall, he did say that one quarterback was by far the best player in the league. He was wrong on that. But... Three or four plays a game in big games, he is the best player in the league. But they have top a quarterback that gets every call, by the way, which is fine. Throws the ball up and they seem to catch it, which is fine. Yes, I'm jealous. I wish we had that. Uh, maybe but, we will when he just his contract comes up. Maybe right, it's happened before. Clock. But to me, they have the top. I think he. I think uh, their wide receiver is the best receiver in the league. I don't care. About whatever that what's that what's Thomas's problem in in, in the I, that was weird I agree uh, what, I was like way, dude weird time to pick a fight yeah yeah you, you caught a bunch well, of he also you, said no one on our team had more than one catch we had five players on our team with more than one catch who cares? granted those catches may have been for one yards total but he, he, he flat out and wrong. then he like so made t- some comment where like garbage time doesn't count and I was like dude you That's made a living off garbage time yeah. exactly so he, so he had 10 catches for 40 years I mean whatever but not I don't know living what but he made it got a lot off garbage Green Bay's time. wide receiver is as good as there is plain and simple they're running back top five but court having I don't see them losing I don't see them now 49ers might be for real I guess we'll, we'll find out but uh I think it's Green Bay's year. I think obviously, and we'll we'll talk quickly about this. But I think it's going to be Green Bay, Kansas City. I pray Kansas City wins because I actually like Kansas City. I do. Not the fact that I hate Green Bay. I just think it's Green Bay's year. Thoughts quickly. The, the only thing I'll say on Green Bay in that game against Seattle is a competent defense could have won that Great. game. But, and and Seattle doesn't have a competent defense. But they get they won a lot of games this year doing playing that same way. But I don't I don't I don't think they're great. Seattle. No, Green Bay won a lot of games. Just no, they did. But I, I think I I think San Francisco. I think that front seven is going to be too much for for Green Bay. I hope but so. Consider, considering how much pressure we were able to generate on Rodgers successfully or not, and then I think they have the secondary to back it up. Now I think for it's sure. going to be ugly. I think it's going to be ugly. It's not going to be. 35, 31, tons of points. I don't think it's going to come down to something at the end, but I think San Francisco's defense has enough. I think Rodgers is just a little, a little too old. Brian Balaga didn't play in that game against Seattle. If he can't come back next week, that's a huge loss for them. So uh, it'll be interesting because you can, they have a guy that can shut down or, or potentially shut down uh, Devontae Adams. With R- Richard Sermon has played incredibly well this year. Maybe. Yes, he has played well, but maybe. No, but I mean, I, listen, no, no, I mean, no one can completely shut him down, but if you can limit him 
They got no. They have literally no one else. And so if you can generate pressure and at least limit what Adams can do, and I think they're coached better than than Seattle is defensively too. Like that guy guarding Adams on that last third down play was an undrafted rookie no. who had played like 70 snaps all year. San Francisco's not going to let that happen. So I think I think San Francisco has enough, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. And I don't think it's going to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be a bit of an ugly game. I think, I think what it comes down to is, can the Green Bay offensive line control the San Francisco defensive four? Because, I mean, that's really that's really San Francisco game is their front four and their front seven now that they got Alexander back. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to get his, but can they control Aaron Jones? Because if you can make Green Bay well, one-dimensional, it has proved this season that Aaron Rodgers is not the best quarterback in the league anymore. So if you can make them one-dimensional, Aaron Rodgers may not be able to pull his magic like he did last San year. San Francisco is going to get at least three roughing the passer penalties, guaranteed. <laughs> and there'll be a bunch of interference. Yeah. I say Green Bay takes it. All right. Let's go. And we'll obviously circle back, and we'll be talking Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. Do we want to talk national championship game? I think we. it's only fair. I mean, the best part, too, is we can, we, we'll can. we talk as if we don't All know right. what's going to happen. We don't. By the time people listen, they'll be like, wow, those guys are idiots. All right. Course, for those of you unaware, we got LSU, who has absolutely throttled everyone they've played this year. And we've yeah, we got, watched that game. That game wasn't even fun to watch. No, and we well, got kind of, Clemson, who hasn't yeah. lost in two years. So mm, I'm going with LSU. It, I'm it's going with we- LSU as well. I'm going with LSU as well. And the only oh. thing I'm going to say I, that I – I take it back. I'm going with the Tigers. I can't oh yeah, that's there. a good point. That's a good point. I'm smart. Go, I, I think I'll take the Tigers too. Yeah, smart insane. money's on the Tigers. The weird thing I've seen is like Vegas and all of the betting odds are favoring LSU, but every like statistical model you look at, not every, but a majority of statistical models you look at actually favor Clemson. So I don't know where the disconnect is there. Um, probably the, the guy that runs Vegas doesn't care about those, but Man, uh, LSU has just I, I, done it game after game after yeah. game. And I don't know if I don't know if LSU like if Clemson gets down early like they did against Ohio State, I don't know. Like I don't think LSU's defense is gonna is gonna break like oh like Ohio State's did. No, no. And so uh, unless they they have to keep it close, but plus you know, their quarterback I, I, I'm not gonna is pre- much better than Ohio State's. Right. It's not gonna. I don't think Both LSU's guys gonna, are. I mean, this was the champ. I mean, this was kind of it at the, you know, not maybe at the beginning of the season, no, but a few weeks fair. into the season, it was like, we're working towards this. You know, this, I mean, some people thought Ohio State near the end of the season, but there was a couple weeks there was like, all right, I'm looking forward to LSU Clemson or, or L, you know, so we got what we want. It, it just seems like Joe Burrow only gets better. And I think that's the crazy thing. And I just don't know if, if Clemson's defense, as, and they have some really, really good players on that Clemson defense. Um, could get I hurt. just don't know if they can stop them. Well, we will put a bow next week on the college football season and see what's in store for our the Gophers who had an exciting season and see what they've got uh, they'll have going. Can I, I don't even watch them. I try not to even listen about this team. The Timberwolves, what? We're hurt. We're sick. We're hurt. We're sick. We we're, we kill somebody. We What in, have you ever, ever? I mean, I've... They just thrive on chaos and sucking, and then I, I don't know. I, I I I don't think there's any words to describe that franchise. The, the sickness thing is what's weird to me. Injuries happen, and there's really only two guys. There's really only one guy hurt. Now. <laughs> there's only two Pat's guys only that not, matter. Pat's not playing because he's sick. 
Now everyone else is now. now he's got a cold. But that's yeah. my point. The God. sickness thing is what makes no sense. We've had like six different guys out for a he's game been or sick two. Sick over a, like last week, they weren't sure if he was sick or if it was his knee. Well, right, so and now he's going and on now, this. And now, after last game, they said he would have played if he wasn't sick. And now today, they're like, oh, yeah, he definitely wouldn't God. have played if he wasn't sick. How sick can he be? That's what I don't get. How does, ridiculous. Like, how do we not? It's 2020. We haven't figured out a way to keep a roster not sick if one oh. guy gets oh, how sick. How about gutting it out, by the way? Ronnie Lott, for those of you that remember, cut his finger off so he can finish the game. We got the sniffles we can't play. I'm sorry. Um, well, I hate Jimmy Butler. But um, he was right. This guy's soft. Now. Our guy, who we talked about a month ago, Kevin Love throws a temper tantrum. Let's go get him. Let's I also was going to say, if you're, if you're a team no tank, way. you don't really want Cat to play. But Let's there's, there's not much to play for when you have 15, the problem is, when you're if 15 we tank, 23. I don't want any of the top dudes in the draft lottery. Like I no, don't think I, any of them are ready to play. I would trade our first-round pick. I would trade anyone they would take, and I'd get Kevin Love back. Just It'd be interesting. I think he would bring a little toughness that we just lack under the basket. I don't care who they want. And they first of all, they don't want anyone. They would want expiring contracts and draft picks, and I would do it. And then it'd probably take Jang and and a draft and pick. probably Teague because they can turn around with his money. Although you know the funny thing is when we talk about these trades and we're like, oh, they need cap space. Who no one's going to Cleveland anyways. They're not going to be able to right. sign anyone with the money. Right. But they, that's what they think they need. Say about them. I, that's what they think they need. What do you say? I mean, honestly, what do you even say? How it's just it's just it's beyond bizarre. It's sad. I don't know. Do we just I mean, are we better off without the Timberwolves? No. They're they're I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they're not awful. Like they're they're a middle of the road team with they. I, I don't even know the last time that they're their actual starting five actually started a game, you know? So I, I, think, I think it was last year. Yeah, it was in Brooklyn. I was there. It was really, oh, yeah, we the played really well. Yeah, the first game of the year. Yeah, yeah, it was there. It was sweet. You got um, off to a good start, please. Yeah. So I, I don't. I mean, I think I you know, it's been a weird season between injuries and in illness and whatever else, and you don't know what to do with Teague and Jang. I think this was always going to be a, a kind of a growing year, not like a really a rebuilding year. It was like learn this is a new offensive style, learn this is the new defensive plans. We got guys here that we know aren't going to be here next year. Just kind of deal with it. Culver looks like he's improving, although I think the shot will come eventually, but it'll take a while. And, you know, hopefully you make a move at the deadline to get somebody who, if he's not around next year, at least gets somebody else off the books that we don't have to worry about. And you can either gain a draft pick or give up, give up a draft pick and get somebody po- you know, positive in return. So You know what's sad? This town is ready, willing, and able to support a basketball team. It is wide open because – the twins are going to start losing fans and they're going to, they'll be competitive, but they, we're not even going to get into it, but they've done nothing. They will do nothing. They can never compete with the top teams because they don't do anything. So that's going to be whatever the wild, really, whatever they, I don't even know. They, again, they've never bottomed out. So that's going to be the same thing every year. They have, I think the fans here are ready. And now little Richard, Here's the the, the last weird thing I'm going to say about the Timberwolves is the Rockets, for whatever reason, besides the fact that they're very good, just have our number. We're beating like we beat or almost beat good teams. Like we took the Bucks to the wire without Towns in the last game Towns played. We actually almost came back against the Clippers. We've competed with other very good teams. Like, I don't that's what I'm saying. I don't think we're that we beat the Nets again. 
Like, I don't think we're that far off. It's just been a weird season, and you, that's why you're kind of like, but what do you always, even say? That's the problem, though. It's been a weird season. Last year was a weird season. The year before was a weird season. It's just always and, a yeah, weird season. Yeah, they always season. find a unique way to make it weird, though. I, you, um, I, I really hope that when everyone's back and you hope that Rosas in the front office can actually make a move, whether, again, whether that's just getting rid of a guy or that's bringing a guy in, either one would be a positive. And then you have you can at least get a better sense of where this team is going. But with guys in and out, we've got G League guys playing almost starter minutes. It's kind of it's hard to really assess the team. Oh, but I'm going to keep watching because I'm psycho. Mark Spitz just walked in. Um, anyways, or Greg, not Greg Luganis. Who's the current swimmer? Tom, Tom Phelps? Michael, Michael. Phelps. Yeah. Tom. It, Tom. Who's Tom Phelps? Oh, he's the announcer Same. for wrestling. Gosh. That's what we no, should be Tom talking Phillips. about. Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. That's what we should be talking about because they never disappoint. I mean, occasionally. Uh, the Gopher is Little Richard, and then we're gonna. And I, I'm begging you. We briefly will get to this Nova Georgetown thing, and then Sam's Broncos because we were. And then we got to get to KDZ. So the Little Richard big victory against Michigan. Alturu, sadly, played really well, so that means he's probably gonna leave. But. Uh, they were competitive against a team that's been second in the league. They were unrated, then they were like first or second, and then they now they're back to 19th, but certainly a good team. Well, it just shows that how upsetting it is Amir Coffey had to leave to go play in a G League and ride private jets with the Clippers and absolutely get no playing time and probably still lots of money. So I can't really blame him. But if he stayed, we'd be a top 25 team. We wouldn't lose to middle, mid-level teams like we have been. And we, we, like, we predict this at the beginning of the year that We'll probably be about a little bit above 500 mid-level, and we'll have like three upsets in top 25 Big Ten play. Like we predicted this, but it just goes to show that we every year, every few years, we get a couple good guys, and then they leave early, and then we restart, and we still only have one good guy. So I mean, as like the Minnesota Govers are, and we're not bringing top-level recruits every year, it just shows that we need to keep our guys all four years, which we can't. And so it's just kind of sad because. Every year we get these upsets and we'll never be consistent unless either one we keep the guys in the top level recruits in Minnesota, which will never happen, or two we keep the guys all four years, which also will never happen. So it's just a continuing yeah. cycle. But I mean, it's always good to see. We always have upsets every year. The other, uh, and I, I said it a few weeks ago, but I'm oh I gotta pull up the standing so I get this right. The um, the Big Ten so far. The the home team is like has like a 93 winning like 93 percent winning percentage like just bet the home team in the Big Ten it doesn't matter who's playing who and like, the under yeah yeah but the under and the home team like I, these the the ones I'm looking at right here also include non conference games but there's no team in every team in the Big Big Ten has one home loss except for Nebraska and Northwestern. Now, that includes out-of-conference, which also still says something. But, like, it's going to be hard to win on the road. And if you can take care of business at home and steal one or two on the road, you know, that's going to be enough to get you in in we the Big, blew, in the big we, Ten. But it's exactly where I was going. We blew a couple games in the out-of-conference, and we blew the Purdue game. And, and that's what's going to come back to haunt us. That Butler game, Butler's a really good team, clearly. Utah is actually not as bad as people think they are. The Oklahoma game was one we should have won, and and DePaul stinks. We should have beat them. So I, I would say Oklahoma and DePaul, you're going to regret from the out-of-conference. If you win one of those, you're at 10-6 and six right now. But if you could be 11-5 and five with a win at Purdue with the way the Big Ten is shaping out, you you would 
be probably pushing top 25, at least getting votes for sure. Okay, I'm timing you. You have a minute. Nova, Georgetown. Where do they play at the Spectrum? This was at the Wells, well, Wells Fargo. I'm Center. Wells Fargo Maybe Arena, the, the, the old Spectrum. Yeah. All right. And timer on go. Uh, it was actually we got off to a good start. We being Georgetown got off to a good start. It was a three-point game at half. Uh, Villanova could not miss from three, and neither could we really in the first half. It was a good game, I thought. Um, and then what? You know, we come out in the second half. We have two really, really bad possessions to start. We have a turnover, and we leave them wide open for a three, which they continued to hit. Uh, McClung, it looked like may have been possibly nursing a minor leg injury in the second half. He was pretty poor in the second half. Um, and really, our shooting went cold, and they kept hitting. We made a few defensive adjustments, and they didn't really work. You I mean, we kept. have 30 seconds. I don't even think I needed a minute, but I, I think it's like I mentioned last week. The margin for error is slim, and when they got a guy, they got a guy that shot eight of ten from three. When that happens, it, it's going to be hard to beat. We went cold in the second half. Like I said, they just continued to hit threes like they did in the first half, and so did we. But when we didn't do it in the second half, and they kept on doing that. You're thin against a team as good as Villanova, who's deep and strong and, and competitive all across the board. Eventually, that's going to catch up to you. And truth be told, it's just a hard place to win. We haven't won there in 11 years. So uh, I, I'm not overly upset. I'm most upset with what I felt was a, a bit of lack of preparation from the staff and, and how they played them defensively without getting into too much, which I think is going to be what it comes down to. Guys got to execute, but we need to go into every game with a, a very good game plan to be able to be competitive with seven and a half guys, basically. Time. Sam, uh, the Gale, very nice, by the way, Drew. I gave you a little extra, I gave you a little latitude, as they say. The Gales, we beat it the Gales. That much. Do I get the same game Drew plays, or do I get as much time as I need? Well, you guys no, beat St. Mary's. You you deserve extra time. Okay, yeah, well, we well, did we'll lose see. to San Francisco by 19, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, here we go again. We're just going to lose to every team in the conference. And then on ESPNU, 13-point underdogs, Dad's watching it, I'm watching it, we're all watching it, and we pull the upset off. After blowing the lead, winning the entire game, decide to blow the league like the Gophers usually do, and I was like, oh, here we go again. Every team I support just has to blow the lead, but nope. Here comes the Broncos storming back, or should I say galloping back. And, um, yeah, Brankage came through big time, And but the problem is we our next game is against Gonzaga, January 16th. I think that's Thursday, in Gonzaga. I don't even want to look at how big of underdogs we are, but the only way we're going to, we've, our, the games we've been winning and the game, it's been a lot of them, but our bigs have been playing really well. Vrankic and Justice playing well and Mitchell play well last game. But the problem is we haven't been getting much from the guard play. So in order to beat Gonzaga, going to Gonzaga and win or even have a close game, we're going to need a lot more from guard, our guards like Wurtz and Edu. We have a lot of talent. They showed it last year because last year the guards were the only people who were playing well. So, it's gonna if we can put it together, both sides, bigs and littles, will uh, will be able to be pretty good. But that was a that was a good game to watch. Ladies Trying to find and... the the uh, the line. ESPN says Gonzaga has a 96.4 percent chance of winning. Every game um, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's just for the. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's for the season. Where is it? It's on Gonzaga. ESPN too, by the way. Gonzaga, it is. I, I'm going to, well, I don't, we'll see what time it's at. It's Ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it is there a time. They're a 21 point favorite. They, the, well, I mean, the previous game was 98 Four. to 39, so we can't do much worse. The return <laughs> of KDZ.
Good morning, afternoon, or evening, Orchard. Please choose which applies to you as to when you are listening to this. HH. It has been a long minute as I have been on hiatus for a bit and am back at it paving the streets for stories for y'all. Welcome to KDZ, your sports celebrity gossip. I hope your holidays were sprinkled with candy-coated wonderfulness. Hee hee. Let's just begin now, okay? Okay. Okay, so first up, the Cavaliers coach, John Bellin, got himself in a bit of a pickle last week as he was addressing the players, praising them for playing better and that they were no longer, in his own words, quote, playing like a bunch of thugs, end quote. Ooh, burn that. Now, this term thug has an offensive connotation, and sources say that the players were stunned that their head coach said this. So then, the Cavs' general manager brought the situation to the head coach, and lo and behold, the coach said that he meant to say slugs, not thugs. Hmm, okay, whatever. He did then reach out to several of the players, and sources say that all is good in Cavsville. Well, thank goodness for that. Okay, so next. So, since it's playoff season time, I came across a list of the best NFL playoff games of all time. I then scanned the list to see if any of the Vikings playoff games made the list, and lo and behold, I know you already know which one it is. Yep, the Minnesota Miracle Game. 2017 NFS Divisional Playoffs Vikings 29, Saints 24. Woohoo! Oh, and it came in number 22 on the list. And just in case you are curious, number one on the list was 1981 AFC Divisional Playoff Chargers 41, Dolphins 38 in OT, baby. Sorry, I have no recollection of that game. HH. Now, it's that time again, and it's been a while, so I'm sure you are all excited. It's National Day List for Thursday, January 16th. Now, this is actually a very special day. Hee <laughs> hee. It's my birthday, so of course I had to pick that day. Ready? Let's go. Oh, so only two for this day, just FYI. First is Appreciate a Dragon Day. I like this day. I think dragons are cool. I love movies with dragons in them. So, of course, on Thursday, remember to appreciate your friendly dragon. So sweet. Teehee. Now, this next one I really like, especially since it's my birthday. National Nothing Day. I take that as doing nothing on this day. Just relax. Do whatever makes you happy. I have a theory that they put National Nothing Day on my birthday because they knew it was my birthday and they did not want to take the limelight from me. Oh, and they knew I liked dragons. HH and super laughing emoji face inserted. That's all, ladies and gents. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. Vikings are out. Packers are in. That's a big surprise. Ciao. And we're back. Um, she starts out strong with Coach Bellin, I think she said. It's Coach Beeline. What do you guys that is, I actually will give her some pseudo credit there. That is a tough one. No, it's I get spelled it. Too. Funky. It was pretty close. I, I do not, especially uh, after a And long. he doesn't deserve his name said correctly. No. I hate so, okay, so he he did call them thugs. Well, I think, he, I think what his problem was, he must have been just getting over watching the New Orleans Saints play. Because he exactly described the New Orleans Saints play. I don't know about his own team. Thugs yeah, or he, slugs? Thugs. Then he then he says then he says no he meant slugs. Now, first of all he's lying, but second of all is slugs <laughs> that much better? Like did they go oh you called me a slug instead? Okay, I'm not, I don't hate you anymore. Yeah, you you have to give out an apology. No matter not, yeah, which one? I, I, yeah, first of all I he you don't that's not a mistake. You don't go oh thugs. I mean slugs. I mean slugs. I mean th- you don't call 
your basketball team thugs. That's just politically correct. Um, not not good. Not good. It's a good way to lose the team that you had already lost anyway. So I don't think it matters. That's I an just, experiment. Why did he leave Michigan? What is yeah, idiot? I don't know why they thought he was going to be a good coach in the first place. Like why did, why did he, they think all of yeah. a sudden he was going to be an awesome NBA coach? Like where did that like where did that come from? I, I don't know. Speaking of guys who who knows where they came from, the day after we recorded, Rule got a job. Of course, I was like, now he'll go sixteen and zero because we said he was terrible. He's terrible. I did, that is, I, first of all, how about, for, I would turn around, meanwhile, he calls the Giants and says, this is what I'm going to do, match it, while he's in, while he's in, uh, where the heck was he, while he was in North Carolina, Charlotte, are you kidding me, and then he goes out there, this is the greatest Giant, well, he's an idiot, you talk the about, best, my favorite thing about how the Giants ended up with a coach is, they basically got bullied into hiring the guy, because he had like a college offer, and they folded, I'm like you're the New York Giants. Like you tell him to wait on the college offer, and you'll right. figure out what you want to do. Yep. So then Katie, uh, she talked about uh, the, uh, something near and dear to our hearts, although we have to move on. The Minneapolis Miracle. I can't remember what number it was, but there was a there was a rating. Twenty two, I think. The top playoff games ever, <clears throat> and uh, Minneapolis Miracle, of course, was in there. The only Vikings one that was in there, by the way, but. Uh, Vikings had a big upset a few years ago in San Francisco with Anthony Carter, and no one saw that one coming. But um, yeah, I don't know if I saw the same one she she saw, but I saw maybe it was best finishes. I don't know if, if that's the same one she's referring to. No, I to. think this was best games, best playoff games, right? And then, maybe it was finishes. Yeah. Well, there was one that was best finishes, and and Minneapolis Miracle was like top three or something like that. Um, which or maybe it was just. Bit, <laughs> I don't remember. There's another one out there that I, moral of my story is the the video package is pretty fun to watch because it's just 25 or whatever, just right. absolutely insane place. You're like, oh, I forgot about that so you know, or whatever. We're cool. going to get to January 16th, which is a big day, but I, I just saw something and uh, I have to comment. I know it's going to push us probably over our time zone. Jake Lehman is out of today's game with a left toe sprain. Really? Those are deadly. That's he's what he's had this whole time. Professional, I know. A professional. Well, I don't know why you're just bringing it up now. Because if I'm, I just thought about it. if I'm him, I have a broken foot. I don't have a left toe sprain, but that's okay. But let's go with the tiny little toe sprain. Yeah, get on the court and shut up. January 16th is a huge day because it is Katie's birthday, and so she gave us one of her famous day lists just to appreciate a Dragon Day. Happy birthday to Katie on the 16th, by the way. But appreciate a Dragon Day. I mean, that's a day. That's something. And then the other thing is Nothing Day. Um, she thought it might be named after her because she doesn't want anyone to. They don't want anyone to do anything to outshine her birthday. But maybe it's just because she likes to do nothing. I don't know. Well, when Santa Clara upsets the number one team in the nation that day, it, it's gonna, not going to be. I know it's a huge day. day. And- <laughs> Oh, that's right. Katie's birthday, Santa Clara against the the Zags. Um, thoughts on those? I mean, Dragon Day or appreciate I mean, a Dragon Day? What can you really Day? say about Nothing Day? I don't really. She didn't really. I I, nothing, not a lot to no, work nothing. with. It. No, but she. But that's okay. Well, welcome back. Katie. I know she doesn't make up the days. It's not her fault. I get oh. that. Oh, and plus I it's her that. birthday. We she probably could have just left it at that. It's her birthday. So happy birthday. So um, everybody get a pen. Get a piece of paper, 
and write down connoradio.org. That's connoradio.org. I will spell it C-O-N-O-R-O.org. That's Connor, the show that I'm on. I think you spelled that wrong. Connor O, C-O-N-O-R-O. Radio. Oh, I forgot the radio part. Yeah. Is it just one N? Yep, one N. So Connor O, radio.org. How did I goof that up? I've so been saying like, it all morning. You like paused for a half second and never said it. I was like, so go on. And that, and of course, that shows on WFNU 94.1 FM Frogtown Community Radio. Might be a hint to something, but in, not time for that yet. Um, you can go on that website. You can listen to all of Connor's old shows, see pictures, lots of cool stuff, all the ways to get a hold of them, get a hold of the show. Today, and I had a tear in my – the reason I'm bringing this up, there was a tear in my eye. You know, Connor does a top ten song list every week. Top ten one-hit wonders. I, I almost started crying. Brought back <laughs> memories. Thought of Wyatt. Oh, you too, Drew. That's right. You too, Drew. Thanks. Thanks. What do you think? Uh, oh, crap. I knew I, I shouldn't have brought this there's, up. I was uh, like, there's no way you remember. Uh, I remember number two. What do you think number two was? Was it like his favorite? or what? what yeah, like, it was uh, his. So that these are certainly debatable. Um, uh, come on, Eileen. Okay, so that's so funny you said that. I added like six of them after the fact. That was one I added. Um, about... We're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. I feel... Uh... What about Ice Ice Baby? How about Lip Sync, Funky Town, number two? Baja Men, Who Let the Dogs Out? Who Let the out? Dogs Out? That's, that's one. These are his first. Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue. Remember that one? Ooh, that's a good I one. love that song. Good Here's one. a good one, actually, that's true. Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. That is a good one. Uh, Tommy Two-Tone, 8675309. <laughs> uh, Carl Douglas, who sang Kung Fu Fighting. You know that song? You're familiar with the song Ride yeah, Captain yeah. Ride? Wait, what? Ride Captain Ride? Maybe. Okay. Uh, Boris, Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers, Monster Mash, <laughs> <laughs> Surfing Bird, and then um, then yours. What was the one you said? I said, oh, so we had a flock of seagulls. These are the ones I added. A flock of seagulls. I ran, of course. You said. You said we try to keep politics out of this, by the way, Dad. Just for the future. Oh, good point. Okay, how about this one? Soft Cell, Tainted Love. It's a good one. Los Del Rio, Macarena. Yep. Aha, Take On Me. Okay. Cupid, Cupid Shuffle. What's no. your favorite song? That is one of my favorite songs. Semi-Sonic from Minnesota, Closing Time, which is fitting. That's a good one. That was a good one, I wonder. So I did have a tear in my eye as I was listening to these. Um, thoughts? It, it does. Yeah, it does bring back memories. I'm sure we got to all of those at some point or another. I hope Wyatt's I'm glad to see out there somewhere. Yeah, I know that's somewhere deep in the uh, shout in out the podcast verse. Shout out to Wyatt. All right, well, we'll be back next. I have week. one final. I have one. Fu- Yo, you had a question, from a yeah. loyal listener. Get it in there. Um, from AJ. AJ Card. Hey, AJ. AJ. Uh, not a Santa Clara AJ. Oh, hey Santa Clara AJ. Um, he wants to know, why yep. do you suppose Andrew Wiggins receives so much undeserved hate? He's averaging 24 points, and it's not his fault Cat won't play. I'd have <laughs> I to actually, say this year he's got AJ Santa Clara AJ has a good point. Yeah, and I think 
the cat piece is a huge part of it. You know, let's put winning aside. What Wiggins is really good at is driving and finishing at the rim and getting to the free throw line. When you have zero outside shooting threat, and I mean zero outside shooting threat, it's very hard to do that. And when Cat's out, we have zero outside shooting threat. There are some drives he have that just look exhausting. You're like, that looked like it hurt. It looked hard. And he's getting no, he never gets a call. Um, I agree with him. I, 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 involved, I mean, I think in years prior, he's hasn't been who he could have been. I, I, I am hard on him, but I think he could. I was never, never really gave up on him. But it's this year, especially, I think you're just he's just working back from what's a, a negative kind of reputation and negative stigma that I think he's deserved at points. But, you know, he with when Jimmy Buckets and Cat were on the team, he was like the third best player. And he it played would, like it, so I don't know why people got so it upset. It would be so interesting I, if we had a, like a just a incredible point guard, if that would just help him in so many ways. But. I think he needs. I think he needs shooting. I think he just needs a spaced out floor. I think he's improved his handle a lot. Well, I mean, he's been sick three different times this year too. He's I, been in I, a I weird just, rhythm. I, I'm like again. It, I don't even know where to go. Well, I, I, think, I mean, it's it's weird to say, but it's true, and it it's worth mentioning. And when you yeah, assess ahead, his Sam. performance. I was just saying, going into the this year, my biggest qualm about Andrew Wiggins was he acted like he didn't want to play basketball and did not try at all. Maybe, And so going into the year, maybe that was because of Jimmy Butler and those guys. But this year, he's changed his attitude, which I haven't hated on him as much because, one, he changed his attitude. And, two, his other biggest flaw that when I hate on him is it's, when it's not because of his attitude, it's because he can't shoot. If Andrew Wiggins would stick to driving, he would still score as many points and – people couldn't hate on him because one, his field goal percentage wouldn't be up, and two, he would not be bricking shots from the mid-range and three-point line when he can't. That's not a specialty. And Drew's point is if he could have a team of shooters, especially if Cat's in there, a team of shooters, he won't feel like he has to shoot the ball and people won't hate on him. It does beg the question, what does he do in the offseason? No, I I think that's that right there. First off, I think, think, Sam, your point about his shooting is is correct. But I think... He's improved on both of those things to an extent this year. I think his three-point shot in general has been better, and he's eliminated some of those kind of wonky mid-range shots from his from his repertoire. But to your point, Dad, I think that's that's the number one fair criticism you can still have from this year because he's done a lot besides just try and score and shoot and drive this year. He's rebounded the ball well. He's distributed it well when he's had the chance. But he's in year like six of his career, and it just doesn't right. seem like there's ever – been a major change in his skill set really until this year so if you like could you imagine if he made the step that he made from last year to this year both from shooting ball right. handling just effort right. level in year two or three who knows where we would be probably still in the same spot because people would be sick but no i, I think I, that's yeah. really the fair the fair criticism is you know maybe we need a doctor as a coach and not just a basketball guy maybe we, maybe we just need a, a, a doctor on staff well i'm sure we do I, that's what I'm saying. I can't Anyways. believe we're to keep people not sick, but whatever. You know what I just think it comes down to? What? Tainted love. Sure. Sometimes I feel like I've got to run away. All right. Have you what hit our music yet? I already did. Thoughts oh, on Houston before we leave. Thoughts on the Astros. Oh, well, I'll tell you one thing for that owner who denied knowing anything. <laughs> he certainly uh, didn't wait. He didn't wait because he had a year to figure it out. And he, for those of you who don't know, the Major League Baseball suspended the general manager 
and the manager. They claim they didn't know. They knew, but they didn't come up with it, but they didn't do anything. Well, it's all the same. It doesn't matter. They didn't come up with it because they didn't have to. And uh, just so you understand out there, people are going to go, wow, it didn't have anything to do with it. No, it actually does because when you know a curveball is coming or a breaking ball is coming, you don't have to swing. And if you're not swinging at bad pitches, it means you're only swinging at good pitches. It 100% matters what they were doing. Um, having said that, I and then the owner actually – so they were suspended for a year from baseball, and the owner flat-out fired him. I don't know that he had a choice to save some sort of face. They can't give the – they could strip him of the World Series. Like they couldn't give it to another team, but I guess they could strip him, right? Of ownership? No, they could strip the team of the World oh, Series. Oh, oh. Yeah, but they well, didn't. Well, it's not done yet. Boston's going to get it next. So that's what I was going to say. Core is going to get it worse than anybody. Yeah. Because apparently because it was his idea child. in Houston, and they tried to stop him a few times, and he just kept trying. Finally, they were like, whatever. And then he went and did it in Boston, too. Apparently, what, what's happening to him will uh, will be worse. They could strip the team of the series or uh, the title, but you would have thought they would have done that today when they announced the uh, right. when they announced the punishments. Uh, who knows what they're going to do in Boston? Cora is, Cora is in for trouble, but... Just crazy. Uh, I mean, it how, seems fair. I mean, it's it's unprecedented. Of, I want to say if you go out there and then we'll get going. But if you go, if you for those of you listening, which would be everybody, <laughs> um, uh, the, I think it was the White Sox pitcher figured it out mid mid game and he and he heard it a couple times and finally went and called the catcher out. And I can't remember. I think if you Google White Sox Houston blah blah blah, you'll find it. And that's the point where the players started freaking out that someone might find out about it. Because they, they, I think they realized that the pitcher was on to him. Because you clearly see the scenario. And he heard it a couple different times. And he finally called the catcher out. And I think that's when they changed the sign. So, uh, pretty crazy. They did it for a reason. That's uh, A bigger that question is, though, if you're, an, if you're an MLB team, I know you're running out of time. So you can just answer yes or no. Would you hire Finch in the future? <sighs> I mean, was he was he such a great manager? Did they just have a really good team? I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I, I never really thought of him as a. I mean, they had a really good team, and they were cheating. Was it? so? No, I, I think he's no done. one really knows. I think he's done. To be honest with you, I don't think anyone will touch him because I think his team was so good that probably almost anyone, even Garden Hire, might have been able to. Oh, that was a, that was a low blow. Baldelli could have probably even won one of them. The only thing I'm going to add is I've seen a little bit on Twitter how people don't think because it's the MLB that losing those, you know, four draft picks is that big of a deal for yeah, Houston. That's a big deal. Houston has built their team off their draft picks yeah, and building their system up and either developing those guys or flipping them for trades. They don't actually spend a lot of money in, in, in you know, in relatively speaking compared to other teams. No. That's a big deal for them. Maybe not for other teams. They but make for good them, trades. They do make good trades. But guess they, what? They that guy's have gone good, now. Yeah, exactly. that's kind of my point. They have good draft picks. They develop them efficiently and effectively. And then they either keep them to play for them or they turn them for good draft picks. And the guy in charge of those draft picks and those trades is is now gone. So, And they don't have those draft picks. So I, I, it means more to them than the average team, sure. But it means a lot to them. Coach Joe is walking in the stadium and absolutely going ballistic. Like, killing, like he is out of control. I love He's off. He is literally out of control. Wow. You get, you'll see this on, yeah, you'll see this on Twitter. Except fatter. You'll see this on Twitter. He's going absolutely Nothing ballistic. Wrong with that, right, Dad? Oh, here it is. I already no. see it on Twitter. It's hilarious. He, watch him, watch him slap hype. Yeah, he just, he's nuts. I love it. All right, so we will be back next week um, with a big announcement with a Super Bowl preview, perhaps. Oh. Yeah,
Is he not nuts? I'm yeah, surprised he didn't rip his suit. I know. We'll re he probably did. He's, he's great. And we'll recap uh, all the good stuff. Until then.